welcome back to Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and a soul healer. I'm joined today with Haiti or Ida Clark. Haiti Clark is a highly accomplished professional and the principal of Resilient Freight Solutions, a certified minority women's business enterprise, MBE, WEBE, SBE, HUB Freight Agency. With over two decades of experience in sales and marketing across various industries, she has developed a strong expertise in trucking and logistics operations. Originally from Puerto Rico, Haiti relocated to Texas in 2013 to pursue greater career opportunities. Haiti is deeply committed to empowering women in business and is actively involved in several organizations. She served as treasurer for the National Association of Women Business Owners, or NABO, the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, and is a mentor for the Women of Color Committee for Women Business Council Southwest, or WBCS, WBENC. Additionally, is the vice chair of development and finance for the Hispanic Women Network of Texas Dallas chapter, or HWNT Dallas. She plays a crucial role in advancing Hispanic women in business. Haiti is also an active ambassador for the Regional Hispanic Contractors Association, or RHCA, and a member of the Fort Worth Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Her engagement in esteemed organizations such as the Association of Professional Women in Construction, Women in Trucking, and National Women in Roofing showcases her dedication to supporting diversity and fostering professional networks. Apart from her professional achievements, Haiti values her family and enjoys various hobbies, including bonsai cultivation, fly fishing, tennis, and watching sports. With an MBA in marketing, she possesses a strong educational background that complements her industry knowledge. Haiti, welcome. Thank you for having me, Amy. We had quite the intro as I was bound and determined to pronounce your name the way it's originally supposed to be pronounced and not the uh, Americanized version. And it's Aide. Aide. Yes. Aide. Who practice their Spanish. So sometimes. Yes. Like Thank you for friend. teaching me that. So, Haiti, welcome. I was so enamored with the work that you do, as I can only imagine that you are the only one in the room at any given time in your industry. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. <laughs> in terms of what I do? Yes. Uh, uh, women. Yeah. And so saying more a little bit about what you do and the moves that you're excited to be making, tell, tell us about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like you mentioned, um, the owner of a Resilient Freight Solution, I'm in the trucking and logistics industry, which is a very male dominated industry. Uh, and I'm just having a lot of fun being uh, first a woman in trucking and then a Latina in trucking. So I do, I'm just very excited. I'm proud and honored to be representing women and Latinas in, in this industry. In terms of uh, excited about what we're making, uh, you know, my business is is growing. Uh, when we first met, uh, I'm, I'm reaching that dream of uh, trying to develop a platform, a safe work environment for women, for minority women, women of colors, Latinas, uh, you know, African-Americans, Asians, but mainly women that need that comfort that they're going to be safe in a, even that is a male dominated uh, industry uh, business. So very excited about that. Very excited about our dreams and plans. So hopefully more to come. How did you get interested in trucking? 
Well, first, my little brother, which he's 40, almost 40, but he's always going to be my little brother. <laughs> he is a truck driver. He's been a truck driver for almost 10 years. So I'm always very involved with his uh, business and profession. And especially when he used to uh, drive long hauls, he was just, we used to call on the phone, just, you know, and he telling me about all his experience with his truck, which is a very interesting profession as well. Very, uh, I do admire the truck drivers. And then secondly, I worked for many years in sales and marketing for different food and beverage manufacturers. So I was very involved with the logistics, you know, contacting my clients, making sure that they know that, you know, we were tracking their pallets and orders uh, all the way till they were, you know, delivered. Um, so I, I am a very operational, organized person. So I kind of like thought like, I think I can do this as a side business. That's how I started. So uh, here I am. I've been in business for four, uh, four years. In a couple of weeks, actually, we turned four. So we survived COVID and we're still here, which is very exciting. Good for you. That's amazing. And you mentioned COVID. What kinds of things? I can imagine that you probably, we have not enough time to talk through all the challenges or logistics that happened on the onset of COVID, but what kinds of things did you encounter? Well, first, uh, when I first, you know, kind of like launched my my business in November of 2019, coming from uh, food and beverage, mainly food service offerings, I thought like, well, I'm just going to contact all these distributors that serve restaurants or hotels or cruise lines. Mm, well, COVID hit and definitely that was the industry that was the most uh, affected. So I definitely have to go back to the drawing board and pivot. I'm not a quitter. So I was like, I need to, this is going to work. So I was lucky enough that, you know, two of my f- very first clients, they still clients nowadays, they were former clients of mine. I used to sell them ingredients for their, you know, that they sell, used to sell to restaurants and hotels and they, they survive. I survived. So it's been like a, a good story, but definitely the, you know, the, the all the COVID uh, situation, even that the uh, trucking industry was br- very busy, but my first idea, I have to change everything because uh, everything changed. All the restaurants were closed, all the hotels were closed. So that definitely had a a chain effect in the providers to those uh, places. So, but here we are, we kind of like pivot in terms of uh, serving other industry, not just one. So that's one lesson learned when you're in business, try to, you know, have your niche, but have at least different industries that you can serve just because things can happen. COVID can happen. So uh, yeah, a lot of lesson learned <laughs> these past four years. Wow. I can't imagine that, you know, that's, that's like the um, inaugural year of your business and having to kind of uproot everything that you thought was going to happen. Something you said in the, in the beginning, and I think actually this was in your bio that caught my eye. There was a recent episode on women making moves where Irene Walsh Garcia came on and she is working on specifically at one of the organizations you're part of as well as women in construction, she's helping make work sites more safe and, uh, you know, thinking with women in mind. And so how would you say, and that would be an awesome connection. I'll, I'll make sure that the two of you get connected. How would you say that from a trucking industry perspective, what kinds of things are women experiencing and what is the work looking like as you talk about making it more safe? 
Yes. So I like two two ways of seeing the safe place. Uh, first, in terms of uh, women that are actually drivers. I'm not a driver. I'm, I say in my office, but women that are drivers definitely. There's you know they're out there. They're risking their life. You know with those big rigs that they can weigh up to you know. 45,000 pounds just in the cargo, not counting the actual rigs. So definitely, you know, uh, the, in the road, uh, they they face a lot of uh, challenges. And then also, you know, being a woman, I don't know if you, whenever you're driving in the in the highway, you see these truck stop. Do you see a lot of trucks because they're taking naps there because they have to rest? But imagine that maybe the minimum percentage are women, that they're there alone, the majority of them. So definitely something that uh, I do admire the women in trucking um you know because they're they're resilient that's that's you know part of that's my my business name is resilient because we have as a women we have to be resilient on the other side uh, as a um, a freight broker, which is that's pretty much my function in the in the industry, uh, creating a safe place for women to work where they can be have a flexible time that if they have to. And this is learning from the experience from my sister, my sister's in law, like sometimes they have to work eight to five, but the employer, they don't consider that they have to drop off the kids. They have sometimes the kids have to, you know, they get sick, so they have to leave their work. And then sometimes they get penalized by, by that. So I want to create a space, you know, service the, the the trucking industry where they can have flexibility and then they can say feel safe that they, you know, even that I have to leave for an hour because my kid has a recital or they have something at school, you know, they can do it, you know, and then they, they will learn and they will be appreciated for their for their work. So kind of like those kind of like two path where how I see, uh, you know, the definition of creating like a safe environment uh, for women. I think what we, you know, we've all seen a, a lot of trucking and depending on how much you understand about trucking and freight and how things get moved around, you see all the trucks parked as they need to rest. And you mentioned women drivers that need to pull over and also take a nap. Like, so it's beyond just locking your doors, right? Well, they need to take showers. So I, there's a lot of, uh, you know, truck stuff that they are really good in what they, you know, they do. They have their, you know, showers for, you know, for ladies, truck drivers and male, but maybe they're in the middle of nowhere and they don't have, you know, mo- many options. So uh, I do admire women in trucking and then, the, the, you know, women in trucking are growing. Uh, there's an organization that I suggest people to follow is the National Association of Women in Trucking. And then all they do is just, you know, work on the safety of the women, uh, finding good opportunities for them. And then, you know, women can drive a 18 wheeler. Why not? Why not? Come on. Is there a way to identify if there are stops across the nation that are women friendly? Just curious. That's that would be cool to create kind of a network for women to know on their routes where they can stop. That's cool. Because I didn't think about you're right, the showers, let alone like a clean place, but a safe space and they're specifically designated for women. So that's that's my um, okay, so I want to shift into a post recently that you've made on LinkedIn that caught my eye, and I want to talk about it a little bit more and learn from you more about this, the passing of HR 5050. So uh, reading the post, Haiti says, did you know that on October 25th, 1988, 
History was made with the passing of H.R. 5050, a pivotal moment for women entrepreneurs. This legislation, also known as the Women's Business Ownership Act, shattered barriers and opened doors for women in the business world. H.R. 5050 made it illegal to discriminate against women in securing business loans and credit, giving them the equal opportunity they deserved. Thanks to this groundbreaking law, countless women have been able to turn their dreams into successful businesses. Thank you, NABO National, for your contribution to this cause. Today, we celebrate the legacy of HR 5050 and its role in empowering women entrepreneurs. Let's keep pushing for a world where all genders have equal opportunities business. Yes, Haiti. That's, I did not know this. And I am a women business owner, women entrepreneur. I did not know this. So yes, we celebrate. Wow. So this uh, today, October 25th, you know, 35 years ago. So happy 35 anniversary to the HR 5050. So, yeah, so before uh, this, uh, you know, 1988, women that wanted to just to have a commercial loan for their business, they were not allowed. So even they have to have a male sign it, signer, uh, even if it was their high school son. So, yeah, so thank you to the National Association of Women Business Owners, NABO, how we call it NABO. Uh, they were, uh, NABO is an organization that they, their main purpose is to advocate for women business owners. So we uh, we have, I'm part of NABO, I'm part of the board of directors of the Dallas um, Forward Chapter. Part of their main flagship efforts is just to have a voice in, in D.C. So to have a voice for the women in business and then make sure that, you know, legislations and regulations are considering uh, women business owners and then the you know the the right that we have to just run our business on our own so uh, i think that uh, that definitely we needed to celebrate that today today october 25th so it's just a, a day to very important for every women in business i can't believe how many synchronicities that you and i have had for our conversation today for those who can't see us, we both have the same water bottle. We have the same ice machine, that Sonic ice. If you know, you know. And then now on the day of October 25th, you know, the anniversary of this legislation being signed that allows both Haiti and I and all of the, our listeners to be able to own our businesses and run as we see fit. So amazing. Back in 1988, wow, that does not seem that long ago where seriously women could not get their own business loan. Like I'm like somewhere in between like enraged and in classic form, it just didn't occur to somebody. Yeah. It just didn't occur to them. So it's, I try to find grace. I try to give space and grace. I'm somewhere in between enraged and like awesomely excited that, you know, we're not back in the eighties and wondering how we're going to get a loan for our business. So beautiful post. Thank you so much for posting it and, and helping me learn. I did not know that. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew about it for a couple of years since I've been a NABO member, but uh, last, actually last week, uh, NABO had their uh, national conference here in Texas, you know, we were in Austin and then they definitely, they were very, very uh, excited. And then, you know, celebrating during the conference last week about these, uh, these uh, milestone for, for every women business owner. So I think it was just the right thing to do just to celebrate it at, uh, this morning, I, I participated in a, a couple of uh, webinars, um, and then I, I posted because I want everyone to know this is a big deal. This is a thing. It's like the same thing that I'm always uh, trying to promote for women or minority-owned to get certified. Uh, that's all when you were reading my bio or this like WBE, SBE, 
MBE. So th those mean something. Those are certifications for diverse, historically underutilized businesses. And then it's a big deal to, to get certified. Uh, um, so anyways, if people want to learn more, I'm happy to to connect with them and explain it because it can take the whole, it, it can take the whole time just talking about certifications and the advantage of those for can you pick one to tell us a little bit more about? Yes. So uh, the one that I've been, uh, you know, uh, taking advantage of the most is the Women Business Enterprise, which is WBE, that actually NABO offered that certification, but I also have it with another organization, a part of other organizations. So this one is with WBENC. We call it WeBank. And then um, my uh, uh, Women uh, Business Enterprise certification, if you go to a supermarket and you see an item that has that little women owned, that little seal is means that 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 business is at least 51% women or women owned. So by one woman or multiple women own the company for 51. So the company is run, all the decisions are made by a woman or women. Since I got the certification last year, I've been able to, it's not like the the business are going to fall from the sky. A lot of people use the certification to do contracts with their government, but this also gives you access to other peers that are women-owned. It's just a different network because once you are certified, it's like you are here for, so you want to do business. You're you're a real business. You know, it's not just like a side gig, which my, my business started as a side gig and now it's just becoming, you know, my, my business. But uh, it just... Give you that access to that network, give you access to big corporations that they have diversity uh, departments because they have a goal to at least contract at least, you know, between 20 to 33% certifying own businesses. Uh, one example, thanks to my uh, certifications, I got invited to participate in this intensive three-day cohort at CVS Health. Uh, in their headquarters in Rhode Island, they have a great diversity program. And then pretty much the, the three days in, in conjunction with a local university, the uh, Roger Williams University, they were pretty much uh, teaching us how to do business with a massive company like uh, CVS. So I, I really uh, appreciate that. But this is one of the, the different you know advantages that you, you have by um, getting certified. And I love the women-owned seal. So you're saying that that's the one of the, you get that seal through becoming certified through the WBNC, yeah. right? All the women's out there, when you're in the supermarket, in the pharmacy, if you see a product next to it, other, and you see the women own, go for that product, support another women business owner. So I I try to, uh, everything that, you know, that I purchase, I make sure, I always check if the the uh, the item is women-owned. I mean, if the item I like is not women-owned, it, 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 that's just an influence for me just to, because I know I'm supporting a women owner. What would you say to people who get what you do? And maybe it can be from, the logistics situation, like, you know, being the middle person and organizing how to move things to, you know, to and from uh, how to either from that perspective, but also uh, being a woman owned business and being in this work that is to your point, what you said, male dominated, what would you say to people that get that, you know, and want to do more to support you? And then what would you also say to people that don't get it? And they're like, huh, what you doing over there? I mean, you know, it's sometimes it, it takes me time for people to understand what I do uh, because, I mean, 
I'm 4'11 and a half tall. So I'm a tiny person. And then people think that I'm a, you know, a driver of these big rigs. I'm not. So I'm a, you know, the middle person, the middle woman between those. So some, some people take, understand some people, they don't maybe because they're just not, not part of the industry or maybe they, they just don't do the, the research. So whenever I go to like a networking event, I wish I do a lot. Even that uh, I might be kind of like going to another path, but even if, if I meet you, for example, you don't have an item that I can move with trucks, but I want to know you. I just, I'm just passionate about uh, learning about what other business, especially women in business, they do, because I just love to say, I know someone that can help you. And then in order to do that, I need to know why you do, what what are your core values, what you offer, what what is your ideal referral, how can I help you? I recently uh, started this uh, newsletter just to the people that are in my email, and it's called Stronger Together. That's my hashtag. I just love it. I think that when we're stronger together, it's just amazing how many things we can do when we come together and then see the things. And then, you know, some people can have their own opinions of things, but I just love the happy medium that's the being mature, you know, uh, pretty much my core values are empower, empowerment, promoting and collaborating with other women business owners, not necessarily selling my services, but collaborating in terms of like, right now we're collaborating. I got invited to your awesome podcast. So uh, thank you for that. So I think that, you know, Stronger Together is kind of like my my motto. And I got excited. I <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly it. You and me and all of the women out there that are just wanting to have one more ear, one more voice to share what we're all doing, what we're all working on. And what I call it is um, everyone's unique brilliance. We all, not one other person can do what we do, how we do it. And that's what's really incredible to share and uplift and that's the whole goal of this podcast, frankly. I mean, I, I'm, in, I'm in the business of psychological safety and making sure women feel safe in the workplace and in their lives in general. And Women Making Moves is about amplifying the work, the great work that women like you do. And that is not often seen, especially in the male-dominated world. We all know because of you to look for the women-owned seal. Um, and that is just a sidebar of all the work that you do through your own business. So thank you for that. Yeah, and then going back to what I was saying, you know, in terms of networking, uh, just to add a little something as well, it's like sometimes I, I introduce myself to other women, even other women, like, yeah, I mean, uh, trucking and logistics, and they automatically want to kind of like block me. It's like, oh, I don't have business for you. It's like, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just want to learn about your business. You don't know who's listening. You don't know who I know that I might be able to refer you. So just as a recommendation to other women in business out there, just be open. We're here for the, you know, for our own good, stronger together. Let's learn about each other. Let's empower each other. Let's collaborate. We don't have to do business together, but we we can make a lot of changes for us, diverse industries of you know overall as a women in business. And I would say to those to those people that you run into, and whether they're women or men, but I'm hearing you say I think there are some women that are like I don't have business for you. I didn't say anything, you know, like that's more of their insecurity of like what they need to work through. And what's interesting is they probably are operating as they've been taught or told, and there's this thing that I always talk about, which is a lot of us in this world right now are being called to bring back in the divine feminine, which is uh, where 
you genuinely want to be open and help each other grow, whatever that looks like. And again, to your point, whether or not we ever do business together is not the most important thing in this moment. It's about learning about another human being, especially a woman who's doing amazing work in their field, their industry. And it's one more touch point, one more voice, one more ear to say, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I've been put here to do. And the more that we can do that, it's the ripple effect that I believe women are leading right now to usher back in and restore balance between the feminine and the masculine. Absolutely. That's why the HR 5050 was able to to happen because women from different industry, from different uh, ages or, uh, you know, uh, levels in their business came together for the benefit of all of us. And thankfully they did because now we're here. Where can we find you? Yes. So uh, you can visit my website, resilientfreight.com. You can also find me on all the social media by Resilient Freight or my, you can just search for me, Heidi Clark. And uh, on LinkedIn, I'm always on LinkedIn. So that's my favorite social media place because I just love business and empowering others. I do too. I actually just got rid of Facebook because it wasn't serving me. It just was like a bunch of gobbledygook. So I like to be on LinkedIn and challenging the status quo. And for a quick hit on if someone, what is in the simplest terms, if they're like, oh, I got to go Haiti at Resilient Freight, took me up, what would that service be? Yes, absolutely. So pretty much, for example, if you, I mainly focus on small, smaller to medium-sized businesses. Um, if you, for example, are a manufacturer of soft drinks, like you're drinking your soft drink round, and then you need to send a pallet of your items to a new uh, distributor, for example, you call me and I take care of everything. I'm going to find you for the best options for you, depends on your needs. I make all the phone calls to all those uh, truck drivers, uh, following up, uh, delivering, uh, if, if for some reason we have some kind of like claim that unfortunately things happen and your item can be damaged, I take care of the, all those phone calls for you as well. So I always like to say, like I alleviate the logistics headaches for my customers because those tasks can slow you down. And you know what? Time is money, my friend. So I just take that from them so they can work on their businesses. Oh, perfect. You're a lifesaver. I'm a problem solver. That's what I like to say. <laughs> yeah. You take all the work out. So, uh, so amazing. So call Heidi when, if you have anything to move uh, in larger quantities, give her a call. Okay. So closing remarks as we wind down here. I always like to end up to with be resilient in every aspects of your life, in your personal life, in your business. Not every day is going to be like the best day of your life. Some days are challenging. So be resilient. That's why it's my one of my favorite words. And that's how, why I name my business Resilient Praise Solutions. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>